Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the 12th Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, the COO and co-founder of Teach Better, the king of allergies, Jeff Gargas. <laughs> Number 12, huh? I'm guessing. I think it's 12. <laughs> it's, we right. got to be somewhere around 12. Yeah. You know, I don't know. For those who may not have listened before, um, we reach out to the listeners and we keep expanding on this to ask for leadership questions. We are now reaching out via Twitter, Instagram, Voxer, and a new Aspire Leadership Facebook group. In the past episodes, we've answered anywhere between three and five questions. I think tonight we're going to answer four questions from the listeners. So, Jeff, if you're ready, we're going to go ahead and begin. I'm ready, man. Let's do this. All right. First one's from Taylor Armstrong, and he sent this through Twitter. And Taylor asks, our environment has changed and the information can change sometimes hourly. What do you feel are the best things for us to focus on right now? How do we as leaders help our staff focus when they don't know where to start or feel like whatever their plan will just be changed? And I think this is very much what everyone's feeling right now. (laughs) Yeah. A good question. Spot on. Taylor's always got good questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think definitely the things that, I mean, I think this is pretty well known, things you need to be focused on is relationships, like more than ever, focusing on safety, obviously. I think a really important focus right now from a classroom building level, really all around, is focusing on good instruction in the most restrictive environment or circumstances possible. So that couple of things. One, tell your teachers to focus there so that they're not thinking, oh, I got to figure out this scenario, this scenario, this scenario, this scenario. Now I'm planning 16 different scenarios. Plan for the most restrictive, worst case, quote unquote, scenario. Because if you plan for that and you've put together the best experience, instruction, best path for your students in that environment, anything that's better. So meaning if you're hundred percent virtual and the kids never go back to class, if you're ready to give them the best experience you could possibly create in that environment, then if you get to have them in the building, you get to have them in class, you can just enhance it yeah. versus trying to change it all the time. If you have that thing in place, then if you come back to school for a little while, but then something happens and now no one's allowed in school for three weeks or another month or whatever, you're still okay because you're set up for the most restrictive environment. I think that goes up to the leadership spot too is what does it look like in the most restrictive environment where none of your staff comes into the building ever, Yep. right? And if you're set to be a leader and give your staff the support they need, the the resources they need, and everything you need, the best you possibly can as a leader or as a leadership team in that worst case, quote unquote, scenario, then if you get to have better scenarios, you could just enhance it. So I think that's really the really important part is, yes, I know we have to plan logistically. Obviously, as a leadership, you got to plan logistically for the different scenarios so you're ready to move. But from a cultural instruction, teamwork, team chemistry, all that, all those angles, and and then down into as a teacher in the classroom, as a coach supporting teachers, as as a tech integration specialist supporting teachers, whatever it might be, plan for that worst case so that you're ready to help and then and then once you plan for that worst case you feel good about it then you can start thinking through okay now what if i get to be in class once or twice a week what can i do with that extra time okay i can focus on um you know intervention i can focus on some enhancing relationship and stuff right things like that as a leader all right what if we 
we're all set if we're 100% virtual and we don't get to see each other ever. But what if I do get to see my staff twice a week? What am I going to do with that time, right? It's It becomes really like that gift of time at that point with them. So I think that's really where you got focus has got to be. As far as helping your team to focus, that's I think if you direct them in that way, get them focused there instead of because so many teachers are thinking of 16 different scenarios right now. And that is really overwhelming. Yep. So I think that's that's the key, in my opinion, where you need to go. Yeah, today was our first day back planning for the next school year. And I think that was like the first 30 minutes was just us trying to determine what our lens was and what our mindset should be. Because you're right. I mean, we have to be in this mindset that we're going to be flexible because at any moment, any day, what we're doing on campus could end immediately. Mm-hmm. And, at, you know, if someone is positive COVID or if the governor comes on and says, you know, schools are shut down. I mean, there's so many other entities that are in our decisions. And so we don't have the power that we're used to as far as making decisions for our campus. And so we have to have that mindset that at any moment we might need to change everything. And so if we can at least accept that piece, I think that's a little bit easier as we move forward because now we're planning, yes, for several scenarios, but at least we we have everything covered. We're not going in blind. We know the scenarios and what is possibly going to mm. happen. So it's just a matter of our planning and just needs to be constructed differently. So just like if we were making modifications for a 504 student or a special ed student in a lesson plan, well, we also might need to have a distance learning modification too. You know, we may not be able to collaborate in classroom. What's that going to look like now? I think we can make some shifts as far as our mindset immediately to understand that, you know, whatever may happen, it might change on the dime that we're prepared for it. So I think the planning piece is so essential right now, especially at the admin level. So that can trickle down to the staff. Agreed. Like you said, the social emotional piece, uh, that was another conversation we had today. That's probably number one on our list yeah. for our staff, for our students. There's a lot of anxiety going on right now. I don't know if you've seen on social media, but uh, there's a lot of people posting right now about how nervous they are about coming back to school. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we need to be mindful of. And then we need to make sure that we have something in place to make sure that we're taking care of those needs. Yeah. Ready for question number two? Sure, let's do it. All right, this is from our good friends, Shay and Pav. They have a wonderful podcast called The Staff Podcast. And their question is, how do we ensure designated positions of leadership don't conflict and impede organic and natural leadership? So I'm guessing what Shay and Pav are saying here is that is those designated positions meaning titles, right? That that they're not conflicting, maybe, and maybe impeding or, or or stopping that organic leadership from happening because like, we talk about this all the time on here. Like yeah. your position doesn't, doesn't determine whether you're actually a leader, right? Yeah. You might be in a leadership position, but that doesn't mean you're a great leader either, right? Yeah. And you might not have a leadership title or a designated position, but you still can be and are most likely a leader, right? You're still doing things. So I think, I, I think the, the important piece of a leader who is a leader in a leadership position to do this is to make sure that your teachers and your entire staff knows that just because you have a title that is a designated leadership position, that that doesn't mean that you're the only leader or that yep. your leadership's the only one that matters, right? They need to know that they are, that you look at them as leaders, that you're hoping that they lead and you're looking to them and you want them to organically grow and then take, take leadership roles and to show that. And I think, I think, so I think that's really important is that communication piece. Uh, and then from a, classroom perspective out i think it's important to just to 
tell yourself that and to remember that you are a leader and you can be a leader. It doesn't matter what your title is. If you don't have a designated position that you could still be that leader. Uh, and I think those two pieces coming together allows that organic and that natural leadership that they're referring to, to come out and to flourish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a cultural piece too, as far as leadership and what you create with that. I think there's plenty of opportunities that you can do to have people that are not in a leadership title step up and be able to you know, share with the staff or be part of projects. And that way they felt like they're heard and they're part of the process. But then also like there's things you can put in place on your campus to ensure that everybody gets an opportunity to become a leader at some point. So it, it might be something like for right now, like our leadership team, you know, you can't be in that leadership position more than three years. And the reason we do that and we tell this to everybody is we're in the business of building leaders. We want a building full of leaders because that means everyone is taking ownership of what they're doing and they're enhancing their skills and hopefully moving on to do better things. And so we don't want people to be stagnant. We want them to grow and, and to enhance what they're doing. And, you know, having that as a stipulation, that's a mindset that, you know, we're, we're putting that out there to everybody and everyone knows that we're collaborating and we're looking for input from other people. And so if we didn't do that, I think it could very well be a culture where we're only looking at designated positions and yeah. not allowing that organic flow. And it may have an effect where people don't speak up. If we had that. So you just got to be careful with like how you build your culture as a leader. So you all do, what did you say was three years? Yep, every three years. What positions, all all positions fall into that? Any kind of leader? So like, yeah. so like, like even your principal, assistant principal, everything? Or well, is it just, no, not the admin. No. No, just, just the admin. Okay, but any yeah. other leadership piece out there? Okay, yep. gotcha. You know, it's like the team leaders, the instructional coaches, gotcha. things like that. Yep. You know, like, so then you're, con- you're constantly then as, a, as an admin team, you're constantly looking for more yep. new leaders. And like you said, you're constantly, it's every three years, like there's openings for people to take that opportunity, which I, I think is awesome. Like that, what that culture piece of knowing that if I'm a teacher and I'm like, I think I want to be a leader. I know every three years I got a shot if I haven't gotten one in between there, right? Yep. Organically, right? Every time I got an opportunity to then maybe step up and say, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to try this. I want to put my, you know, my name in there and stuff. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. You ready for question number three? Yep. Let's roll. All right. This one's going to be from our good buddy, Tim Cavey. He reached out to us on Facebook and his question is in the shadow of COVID, should school leaders put aside normal professional development initiatives, for instance, like math instruction, literacy strategies, and focus solely on social emotional learning, wellness, and best teaching practices in the remote learning environments? I think that is yes and no. <laughs> I think I think it's more about look at you, the politician. I think it's more about putting a stronger emphasis and a priority on SEL. Yeah and potentially on remote learning, but where I would caution and where the no comes in is that like definitely on SEL, like that just has to be because, and that's for your students, for your staff, for your stakeholders, for your entire community, because everyone's going to have, has this trauma that's being, that's still going on. But when it comes to like best practices of remote learning and stuff like that, like if you don't have a strong foundation of solid instruction and solid, like for example, what he has like literacy strategies, math instruction, grade and feedback. Like if you don't have solid instruction in place, like the best tools in the world on remote learning aren't gonna aren't gonna help, right? If it's just like you can have the greatest build out of forms and tools to do assessment, but if you don't know how to properly assess and feedback for the right reasons with the right things in mind, then that doesn't really matter, right? So I think that's really important. I think that all, but it goes back to like great instructional practices also don't matter if the SEL isn't there. So the SEL has to be focused, has to be very important, but I don't think it's a good idea. And I do not, I don't think 
school should put off or cut away with all other PD because in, in the professional development, maybe limit, maybe structure them differently, maybe put different types of emphasis on them, but you need to have those things in place. And if before COVID hit, you thought that your teachers had a gap in maybe in their assessment literacy or in their math instruction, you know, since that was one that you mentioned, that gap is still here. Yep. It's just worse now. Because now it's in a, now not only was there a gap maybe in their assessment or whatever, but also now you have this remote learning. So it's actually worse, which means it's worse for your kids. So yes, absolutely. SEL needs to be top priority, has to be more emphasis on it. It has to be there, but that doesn't change the fact that we still have to educate kids. Yep. Right. We still have to provide them with content. We still have to assess their their understanding of the content, their mass of that content, of the concepts. It's still important. It's not to be there, but like we, you know, like Jen and Hans always said, we still we still need that plate, right? Yeah. <laughs> SEL is the plate. We have to build that first. So you do that. But I think there still need to be those other pieces there. So if there's a gap there on your staff, you need to find a way to fill it. You might not be able to fill it and and fix it as quickly right now mm-hmm. because you can't put as much of a focus on it, and that's okay. But to just not put any are there anything else in place to not do any kind of growth or, or initiatives or training or anything like that with your staff is a, is a huge mistake in my opinion. No, I, agree. Uh, I just think that SEL training might need to go up top, right? Because also if you have really strong instructional practices in place where the classrooms virtual or in person run better and are, are more effective and, and more effective at uh, assessing what's what you should be assessing, you can actually focus on SEL better then. Right. Just that's just the reality of it. So, yes and no. <laughs> so, no, I no. think it, that's that's where I'm going. Is I, I, SEO definitely has to be important, but don't stop focusing on the other stuff that is needed, which makes it really really important to properly assess what is needed. And I started making fun of your answer, but I actually agree with you. <laughs> you were making fun of my answer? Well, oh, because the oh, because the political yes, answer. <laughs> I said yes or no. I'm like, man, you're a politician. But now that you said that, I'm like, ah, he's right. Yeah, man, because the SEL piece, and there's some campuses that have a SEL program already in place, and they're doing phenomenal things. And so if that's the case, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to be working on, like you said, those strategies and some other initiatives that are obviously the need of the campus and you know most campuses have maybe two three four different initiatives that you're working through i mean last year alone we had four initiatives and just because we went to distance learning for the last third of the year didn't mean that we didn't still continue those initiatives now they looked different but they still were things that were important to us as a campus. And so those didn't just yep. go away. And the same thing, you know, this year, we're, we're still beefing up our social emotional learning piece. And we understand like we need to focus on what that looks like for distance learning because a lot of our teachers are struggling with that. They had the thing in place in their classroom, but once it went to online, mm-hmm. it's a to- totally different ballgame. And so they didn't have that experience. And, you know, the same thing with instruction, you talked about tools, a lot of people were very literate in technology tools, but then they realized that that's very different than teaching online. And, you know, you can have all the great tools in the world, but that's not going to change the fact that some students may get overwhelmed with all of those different tools. And so that's kind of what we're talking about um, with our staff is what does social emotional learning look like distance wise? Mm -hmm. And then what does instruction look like too? Because we went to spring break and then on a dime we turned and hey, guess what? <laughs> we're, we're doing online learning now. Yeah. No one had any time to prepare. They didn't get any yep. professional development on it. It was, this is what's happening, figure it out. And so now yep. we, at least we have some time to start putting some professional development in place to say, okay, this is how you're going to be teaching in a classroom, which is going to look different because we got a social distance. 
here's what it looks like as far as online learning. Thankfully, we have a little bit of trial and error that's occurred, so some teachers now have a better understanding of, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again, but they're still wondering, like, what can I do coming this fall? So yeah. we're trying to put that to rest, at least trying to give them some strategies. A lot of the initiatives, you, you need to review the initiatives maybe that you had in place and are, are looking to continue, or maybe new ones that you're looking to put in place. And you can also look at how do they, how do they work with your SEL initiative, yep. right? Because you can find out, like, you know, focusing on standards-based grading or properly targeted feedback that's different than just yes, no, correct answer or whatever, but you want to focus on actually feedback and the growth of the student can actually complement and help your SEL model. So maybe that initiative that you were going to change the way that your school or your district looks at assessment mm-hmm. and now you're thinking, oh, that's too much, but does that change an assessment and then shift into a different mindset that could actually help enhance the SEL work you're doing? Um, or... It could also be the other way, right? And you need to assess that. So, and then you need to assess, you know, you talk about the initiatives you had in place that they were important to you. I think we talked about this in one of the other episodes. You got to look and say, okay, if they were important to you and your community to begin with, they're probably still important to you, but you need to assess is, is, are they still important to you? Because maybe one was very heavily focused on something that only works well in person, right? So you have to assess what you're doing. But again, I go back to if there were gaps in your staff's, uh, skill sets or abilities or focuses or whatever, they're still there. They're just worse now yep. because of the remote learning and stuff yep. like that. So, so I think you really just need to assess what those initiatives are and, and judge on how much you can focus on them when you have to also focus on SEL. So most definitely. Yep. All Good right. Question, Tim. Tim's always got some great questions that he sends and let's see number four. You ready? Last question. Yeah. What's up? All right. This one's from Michelle Papa and she sent this to us through Voxer and her question is what pitfalls should we look out for as new leaders were there any that you experienced personally pitfalls Jesus a whole bunch of pitfalls I know let's see how, how much time uh, do we have <laughs> uh, let's see so pitfalls you know not valuing or putting in place clear consistent communication with your team yep. uh, not building trust through transparency and accountability not building relationships with your team, right? The SEL component too. Not seeing your team as your team, seeing them as as employees or numbers or like cogs in a machine, right? I think a big one that earlier on in my career I didn't do well and I think I do much better now is saying that you value feedback and that you want feedback but not accepting it well or not at all or not providing ways for them to I'll provide feedback. Like you can say you you love feedback and, oh, I want feedback. I want you to tell me what you're thinking. Here's, you know, this Dropbox thing for, or this, uh, you know, suggestion box or whatever. Like, But if you never take any action on it and you never adjust to it, like, then no one's going to give you any more feedback because they know you're not really looking for it. So I think that's a big one. I think a huge one for most leaders is pitfall to avoid is, is failing to delegate and trust yep. your team and to provide leadership opportunities and to know that, when you provide opportunities for someone to take on a leadership role, that there's a chance they're not going to do it great the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You're providing them an opportunity to, to lead and therefore learn. And then I think, let's see, how many we covered? How many we got? <laughs> how many we got? Oh, this, oh, I got a good one for, I got, this is a good one. And then, and then I'll stop. I think a huge pitfall is fearing that others that you're leading could become better than you mm-hmm. and overshadow you or make you look bad. In my opinion, if you're doing it right, if you're leading right, 
every single person on your team will eventually become better than you one day. Yeah. And as a leader, you need to understand that that might mean that they leave you and that's okay. Now, obviously your goal is to create an environment that's so awesome that they stay, but you may not be able to provide them with the opportunity that they are now worthy of going to get. And you need to be in a position that they know that if that day ever comes, they can come to you and say, Josh, I got this awesome opportunity, but I have to leave. And you will say, awesome. Mm -hmm. How can I help you for that? Right. That you will be proud of the fact that you built them up into something and and they left. I I think back to my, my days running Arby's restaurants and my, my old uh, GM, when I was an assistant manager there, John, we we would get someone in, they'd be working for us for a little bit. He'd go, Oh, I'll tell you what, Gargas, I really like so-and-so, but I think we got a year. I'm like, yeah, if we got that even, like they're going to be out of here so fast because we knew they were going to go on to bigger, better things. We're like, that's awesome. How can we impact them positively so they're better to attack those goals? And I think that's a huge one. I think a lot of leaders fail to do is like, it's all right when your team becomes awesome. That just means you're doing a good job and you found the right people. So I don't know. There's mine. How many of you got that? (laughs) You're not in your head on most of them. So there's so many pitfalls. We could do a whole whole couple episodes on this probably. Yeah, I was just trying to think back of like when I was a new leader and I think pretty much everything you said, I'm, I'm shaking my head like, yes, I've done all of those things. I think the the thing that still to this day, I, I get so much in this mode of like, I'm going to take care of whatever needs to get done that I don't communicate to everybody as far as the why piece. And oh, yes. early, in, early in my leadership career was like, well, I'm the leader. They're just going to understand or they, you know, they're just going to take my they'll follow my title right they'll follow my title yeah go with it because i'm an administrator and oh how wrong i was (laughs) like because then there's just doubt and question and what are you hiding you know like if you don't tell the story they they make up the story and the made-up story is always way worse than actuality and so i learned that the hard way of like really trying to communicate the why piece and it's not because I'm just trying to do something to make myself look better or have some type yeah. of selfish reason. It, so really trying to sell it, but sell it in a way of gaining perspective from them. So like getting a true collaboration piece. This is not a Josh Stamper initiative. This is like, let's, let's bring everybody into it. And I think at yeah. first my mindset was, I'm passionate about this. I'm going to do it. I'm driven to get it done. Versus painting that that vision to them and how they fit into that vision and why you need them. I think, yeah, that's so crucial. That's a great, yes. I'm with you. Like that that was an early on thing that now I think I'm much better at. I think that's that's huge. And that goes for any industry, anywhere, whether you're running a school, teach better team or anything like that. Like that's, that just goes down to the, to the, the last piece of that. That's huge. I get a lot of people ask me like, will ask me things like legit. I don't know how many times I get, I asked this, this question, how the heck do you get Ray Hewitt to stay with you? <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. Like, don't tell Ray that I like, it happens all the time. And I, and I tried to do it. I'm like, oh, you got to get really good at, at painting a vision that you have. And it's gotta be like your real vision, not some vision you think they want to hear. Right. Yep. And it's gotta be something that aligns with her. And then it makes sense. And then you bring them into that vision and let them help control and help them, let them, not to sound too like whatever, but let them paint that picture with you, I think is huge. Because then, like you said, this isn't a Josh Stamper thing. This is an us thing. We're yeah. trying to go here. Yeah. You may have you may have started the vision, right? But then you brought them in and said, let's let's build this thing the way we all see it. Yep. No matter what your role is, we're all going here together. And this is why your role is important. Uh, and, you know, I think about, you know, I think we've talked about this on this one too, but I think about the story, and you might know this one of the, 
where they interviewed the janitor at NASA hmm. and they asked him, what do you, what do you do here? Like, what's your role? And he said, I'm helping to put a man on the moon nice. because he understood his role in that particular thing. His yeah. role was to make sure everything was clear and good. So the scientists could do their work. And I think that's so important when you look at a school and the, the, you know, the janitorial team, the cafeteria team, like you guys are, it's everyone, right? Yep. Everyone's working together to create that environment. And I think it's really important to paint that vision so that everyone sees how they, why they are important in that vision. And it's the same thing with initiative. Here's what this initiative, how it aligns with what we're trying to do. And this is why your role in this initiative is important. I think that's crucial, but that's, it's all got to be truthful though. That's, I think that's the key to that. And I want to add the piece that I think you do well with the Teach Better team is that you identify the strengths, you tell them how their strengths fit with that initiative. And I think similar to what you talked about earlier about, you know, trying to build people up as a leader and they may move on. Well, to do that is like focus on their strengths, not their weaknesses, and then use those strengths to help whatever initiative or thing that you're trying to get done. As a leader, like early on, I wasn't great about identifying those strengths and using those um, and bringing those out um, and enhancing them where now I feel more comfortable in assessing those and, and identifying and be able to, to use everybody's best tools to get yeah. things done um, more efficiently. I love that. And you got to so, think if, you, if you're able to find those strengths and build those strengths and that person leaves and goes to another district, yep. you should be able to sleep really good at night knowing that that guy or that gal is impacting kids better at that district because of the work you did with them. And then you should also realize that, oh, now I have an opportunity to bring someone else in to fill whatever that position was and help that person get better and if you're constantly thinking like that like your impact goes far beyond the walls in your in your school because now you're helping build other build leaders to go lead other places that might need them more than your school does right now and i think that's that's an important piece of that so yep good question great question all right, man. You know what I'm going to ask? What's going What's on up? with the Teach Better team? Oh, geez. Uh, I should know this. One, we're announcing just this is just the fun one. We're announcing a, a brand new like collection over at teachbetterswag.com. Nice. It's our Teach Better family collection. Okay. Uh, so a bunch of this insurance and different swags. They say, you know, Teach Better family. I love one that says, there's a couple that's one that says, sometimes you find your family on Twitter. Another one that says, sometimes you family, find your family on Instagram. Right. There's one that says, smart, driven, supported, better. So it's sort of this family pride of being part of the Teach Better family. So that that was a cool announcement that we're making tomorrow night. Um, we also have, again, I don't know when this is coming out, but starting on the end of this month, we are running a, a, a special two-week webinar series with uh, the amazing Evan Whitehead. I don't know if you know nice, Evan. Yeah. Evan. Evan is phenomenal educator, phenomenal leader. He's actually one of our inaugural uh, Teach Better ambassadors. Just a great guy. So he's brilliant. But we we talked. We wanted to do something with him. He's creating a. It's a a two week four series webinar series that's all about creating a culture and a climate for for navigating critical conversations for social and emotional well being in your school. And so. What we're titled, what Evan wanted to title is safe space EDU. So it's all about creating this, your, your building, your classroom, your, your district as a safe space for all these important and very difficult conversations that we're going to be having with our kids. So that's over at teachbetter.com slash safe space. So that's a fun one. Uh, we also announced, uh, so, you know, obviously a couple, couple weeks ago, we had to announce that we had to cancel the Teach Better conference, which yes. kind of whatever. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Still sound. 
but we wanted to do something fun in the fall around the same time, not as a virtual, like we're not, it's not flipping the virtual. It's not necessarily to replace it, but we wanted to do something fun, uh, something bigger that we could do. So we're actually doing a six week long uh, webinar series that we're calling the teach better mindset meetups. This is six Wednesdays in a row. Each Wednesday uh, is going to have a two-hour-long session with two different speakers. So we got speakers like Dr. Camille Jones, who was who was set to be one of our keynotes at the the conference. We got Tracy Brower. We got Dr. Neil Gupta. We got Trey uh, Gamage coming. Uh, C.J. Reynolds, the Kevin Butler, uh, P. Sloan Joseph, uh, Rochelle Dene Poth. Jeez, uh, Dr. Shemaine Bertrand, uh, Caitlin Giordano. Uh, Michael Jennings and then like Chad and Ray and I will be there too and stuff, but, um, and we have more to come, but it's going to be a really great series, you know, that's coming. That's at teachbetter.com slash mindset meetups. And the last one, this is kind of a cool thing that we got coming. That's a brand new sort of thing that we're doing, but something's been asked a lot. So we're trying to support our audience the best we can. So we're launching something that we're calling the teach better connected coaching. So it's these three levels of connected coaching and they kind of go levels by like how deep and how like really like supported you want to be. So sure. level one is teach better advisor groups. So this is a larger group. So almost like a mastermind feel. And then level two is teach better cohorts, which are smaller, more targeted, more focused groups on specific topics or specific, specific uh, challenges. And then we're actually launching full on one-on-one teach better personalized coaching as well. So that's launching as well. That's new. I don't know when that's actually going to launch, but it's something that we announced as well. So we got a lot of cool stuff going because we were kind of sit back on, you know what? I don't think we have enough to do. Let's think of some (laughs) more things to do. So there's actually a lot going on. A lot of times when you ask me this question, I'm like, I don't know. Is there stuff going on? You're like, yeah, it's this thing I'm a part of. Uh, (laughs) We actually have a lot going on right now. uh, And we're really excited about it. We've got a lot of cool stuff going. Just trying to do everything we can to support educators as we get into probably one of the most difficult fall semesters and school year all around, right. Yep. That we've ever faced. Uh, and so we're trying to provide as much as many opportunities as we can and, and connect that we got more coming to that. We just haven't thought of yet. So, Oh, you will. No <laughs> doubt about that. We'll get there. We'll so get there. Make sure that you're checked in on teachbetter.com. By the way, with that new swag thing, anytime you go over to our teachbettersweg.com, if you type in aspire as your discount code, it saves you 25% on your, on your order. So there like, you, go. you know, get over there. Aspire listeners. I love it. Most definitely. Thanks for letting me share all that, Jeff. Of course. Of course. Teach Better team is doing phenomenal things. So make sure you check in with them. And Jeff, I know you're battling allergies tonight. I'm so appreciative. I am, man. These things are beating (laughs) me up, dude. I appreciate every time that you come on the Aspire (laughs) mailbag. I, I appreciate your listeners dealing with me sniffling this entire time. That's what I appreciate. You know, I, I was out doing a whole bunch of yard work. I like mowed the lawn yesterday. I was cutting things down and sawing things and like branches were falling me. And, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be miserable tomorrow. And I was good all day until about an hour before we were supposed to record. I'm like, it was like someone dumped allergies on me. I appreciate it. So. Of course. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you having me on.